of the morning to you. It is morning. We're running a little bit behind today, but it's still morning. My name is Mike. Welcome to the FTTV Podcast. We get together every week about this time, talk about things affecting the uh, transportation industry, freight brokering, trucking, anything else might be going on in the transportation industry. Also, we uh, talk about other things going on in the world as well. Uh, our website, if you haven't found it, is FreightBrokerTV.com. If you have questions, comments, messages, whatever you'd like to do, you can leave it on our website. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, well, below, obviously, you remember that. there are uh, You can leave comments or uh, messages below as well. Today's Q&A, we're going to be doing a Q&A. No topic today, but a Q&A, but the Q&A is pretty much going to be the topic. It's a uh, question we've answered before and we get it quite often. Matter of fact, I think we addressed it here a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we'll get to that after a while. Fuel prices, well, diesel's up pretty much a penny, up to 334 a gallon on average, up from uh, 333 last week. Gasoline, big jump, two cents a gallon <laughs> from 313. I read something this morning. We didn't even make it, bother making it a uh, news item. I don't believe, no. Uh, where an economist believes that fuel prices are going to go down sometime toward the latter part of this year. Mainly because uh, supply is catching up to the demand. And to be honest with you, I... Uh, I... I uh, I think the supply has pretty much been there, and if it wasn't there, it was manufactured not to be there in order to make the prices go up. And then it says something about uh, prices going up since May. I'm sorry, our our research shows prices started going up in November. Uh, you do the math, you do the calculation, you figure out what happened in November that could... Uh, may have started that uh, increase. Hey, I am the uh, consultant for Tautoa, lead consultant for Tautoa, and we're doing something. It's Christmas in July, and you're going to be able to save 10% on our freight broker package. The freight broker package is designed for somebody thinking about starting their freight brokerage within the next three to six months. Maybe you want to go into the mentorship program for a bit. That's where you can begin brokering as a freight broker agent, and uh, then when you're ready, Step out, get your own broker license, start your own brokerage company. Well, that's what this package is designed for. It's uh, $14.95. You can save 10% Christmas and July, throughout the end of July, uh, on this package. It's going to uh, include the essential freight broker training for you and three other people. These three other people should be members of your staff, obviously. Supplemental training, 24-7 review access. Unlimited access to the FBTV Insider. Uh, opportunity to enter the Tautoa Mentorship Program. That's where you can start out as an agent. We'll place you under the license freight broker through us. That way we can oversee everything you're doing, making sure you're, you're doing everything correctly, making sure you're crossing the T's, dotting the I's, so to speak. And, of course, 12 months of consulting. Now, to be able... To get the 10% discount, you have to call in and register. Do not register on the website. 
if you register on the website, no discount. And we cannot do anything about refunding that, mainly because uh, we have to pay fees as well. So the 10%, you have to call in and register. Okay, call us, 479-668-0838, Christmas and July, uh, for the Freightbroker package. It's the standard fourteen ninety five package. If you've been thinking about uh, maybe starting your own freight brokerage, and you've been looking at that package, now's your chance to get in on it and save almost 150 bucks. All right? Other packages still the same. Still got the Pego option on the uh, standard and the... Uh, Basic package, but uh, the 10% Christmas in July for the Freight Broker package, regular $14.95 now. You can save right at $150. All right, got that out of the way. Spot rates up a uh, drive van, up a uh, penny from last week. No, I'm sorry, 1% from last week. <laughs> up uh, 1% from last week, flatbed down uh, less than 1% from last week. Reefer rates uh, up less than 1% from last week. These are average spot rates. July average so far for dry van, 274. Uh, these are all per mile rates. 274 per mile for dry van, flatbed 312, reefer 316. Now, refrigerated rates, they are higher right now, mainly because produce is running. Once that produce stops, everything gets back to... Uh, Regular freight, uh, those those rates are going to drop somewhat, so uh, keep that in mind. Now, uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, the topic of the day, Ruby from Alabama. Ruby from Alabama, if you're listening, don't tune out. Stay tuned in because we're going to answer your question here in just a few minutes. A big talk, and it's been big talk since, uh, I think, the beginning of time. Since they used a wagon and a team of horses to haul freight, I think this has been an issue. Driver shortage. I know when I started driving 30 years ago, driver shortage. You hear driver shortage every day of the week. Driver shortage, driver shortage, driver shortage. Well, now research could provide a window in two driver shortage. <laughs> okay, according to research, uh, the aging trucking re uh, workforce and industry-wide shortage of drivers present complex issues that could be explored with further research. That's according to a trucking safety committee. That didn't read right. <laughs> what they're getting at is the driver shortage could be researched by a trucking or according to a Trucking Safety Committee, FMCSA, uh, Motor Carrier Safety Advisory Committee, they uh, met uh, uh, July 19th and 20th, they just got done yesterday, to discuss topics such as workforce issues and driver retention, and listen to presentations from industry leaders, and I bet that put them to sleep. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to really listen to that. We know what... we. we why uh, the government is the reason there's a driver shortage, if you want to get right down to it. Larry Miner, FMCSA's Associate Administrator for Policy, said the agency has reached out to industry representatives to learn more about conditions that can make trucking drive or truck driving less appealing, <laughs> such as detention time or weeks on the road. 
Hey, you know. Dry, you know, detention time. That's not making truck driving less appealing. That's part of the job. Weeks on the road. Well, yeah, I can see how that can happen. The thing is, when I was driving, I'm sure it's the same way today. Drivers would jump companies. They'd be at this company for a couple, two or three months, move on to a different company, thinking the uh, grass was going to be so-called greener at that new company. They get over to the new company and they figure out, eh. Maybe I should have stayed. You know, the, the uh, if you are a driver and you're, you know, you're thinking about jumping, this is something to keep in mind. You're jumping into the unknown. You may have some regular runs right now. You, you know your company system. You know where they're picking up and delivering. You know how to get in and out of certain places. That's going to make it easy on you. You jump to a new company. It's going to be all over again. You're going to have to go through that all over again, you know, trying to figure that out. Now, that's I'm not saying that's an impossible thing to do. We've all done it. But uh, sometimes it's good to stay where you are. Because what's ha what, what happens when you stay where you are over the long period of time, you become pretty valuable to that trucking company. And they're going to make sure they keep you happy. So keep that in mind before you think about jumping. But, you know, the government getting involved with uh, why there's a driver shortage? Come on, give me a break. I'd much rather them put together a committee trying to figure out why our elected politicians are such numbnuts. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say stuff like that. But most of them are, I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, you know, the common sense. I mean, some of us sit back and watch what the government does and just shake our head and go, you know, my granddaughter would know better than to do something like that. Yeah, it is what it is, right? But driver shortage, we hear about it today. We heard about it yesterday. We're going to hear about it tomorrow. You know, why do you, why do you think they want to harp on it at the government level? You know, that's a good question. Why are you wanting to be concerned about it? Shouldn't this be a trucking company issue? Hey, if this trucking company is having an issue getting drivers, there's got to be a reason. They need to look at their own company, decide what they need to do to make it better. You know, I know some trucking companies have no problems getting drivers or even retaining. You're, you're going to have a certain amount of turnover, obviously. But uh, you should have drivers lining up if you're a good company. So maybe the company needs to look at it on their own. All right, the feds launch an investigation into brakes after trucks catch fire. As many as 500,000 trucks. These are Class 8s that may be affected. NHTSA has launched an investigation after multiple fleets reported issues with air brake systems, which include vehicle fires. Uh, a few days ago, about five days ago, NHTSA notice, in a notice, the agency confirmed that an investigation has been opened into Haldex Gold Seal GC303OLCW air brake chambers installed in a model year. 2015 and 2020. This investigation uh, started after complaints of air loss resulting in multiple vehicle fires. 
they say an estimated 500,000 trucks could be affected. The agency described the defect, the power spring fractures, puncturing the diaphragm, causing air loss within the spring brake circuit, resulting in brake drag without sufficient warning to the driver. After receiving numerous complaints, officials learned that multiple fleets were having issues with numerous vehicles. The Office of Defects Investigation didn't know there was one, the ODI. That's what they call themselves. Further learned that Halidex yeah, agreed to replace brake chambers on some of the vehicles in these fleets. NHTSA investigation could lead to a recall, which is going to bring up a big question. Why did not Haldex do a recall on their own? Pretty wild. Now here's something. Get your truck or truck boiling while well, truck blood, whatever. This will get your. Hold on a minute here. I got stuff going on that I don't know what's going on about. All right. The uh, back a few months ago, we talked about a lawsuit. Motorcycle ran into a big truck, and the uh, driver of the motorcycle. Suing the big truck and the uh, it's a truck leasing company in Navistar. And their suit was based on the fact that the truck did not have optional safety features that were not required by law. Their suit was, hey, these safety features were available. You should have had them on your truck. Doesn't matter. Well, I kind of uh, scuffed at it. I thought, you know, how how in the world can somebody, how, how could a court accept a lawsuit where the truck was absolutely legal? It didn't have the safety features, you know, warning systems and things like that that were not required by law to have, but this attorney decided, well, we're going to sue him anyway. Well, Navistar and this leasing company settled out of court. And I don't understand that. That just blows me away. And usually if they settled out of court, it's because uh, Navistar and the truck leasing company, well, one of two things. They wanted it to go away, and the easiest way to make it go away was to settle out of court, and they're not disclosing the settlement. Or they believed they were going to lose. How could you lose a case... That claim you didn't have safety features, which were optional. They were not required. <laughs> to ha I boggles my mind. Ah, here we are. You know, politicians, judges, lawyers, no nine yards. All right, what else? Well, let's let's talk about Ruby for a minute. Ruby's from Alabama. She sent a question in. She wanted to know. How she can become a freight broker. I know, we've talked about this before, but we don't get tired of talking about it because people have this question. So every couple of months, we'll probably be talking about it somewhat. Now, Ruby, uh, first thing you should do is uh, go to our website at taltoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. On the homepage, if you scroll down, just a little bit in the middle. It's going to say something like where to begin as a freight broker. 
and it's going to say learn more or something similar. Click that link. It's going to take you to a webinar on the FBTV uh, website. A webinar we did, I don't know, a year ago, maybe. And it's going to go into detail about freight brokering. How to become a freight broker, how, why we recommend starting out as an agent. We're going to be talking about getting your own authority. The whole nine yards, what's required. Now, how to become a freight broker. That is a pretty simple process. you got to file for your authority. Get your 75000 property broker uh, surety bond, UCRBOC3, and about three weeks later, you are a freight broker. Pretty easy, but there's a lot more that goes into it. I highly recommend watching that video. Uh, just Now, here's why we recommend starting out as an agent. Simply because you're going to be able to begin your operation without all of the worries of being the freight brokerage company. In other words, you can focus on building your freight broker operation. That's going to give you time to focus. You're going to be able to gain the experience. Uh, you'll be able to uh, uh, build your customer base, things of that nature. And that's why uh, with the uh, well, the tattoo of Christmas in July, that's a pretty good thing. That if you're wanting to start your own freight brokerage, you can enter the mentorship program Stay in the mentorship program, and then when you're ready to start your own brokerage, exit and go to your brokerage and have a 12-month consulting period. Now, how to become a freight broker uh, once you apply? Eh, we went over that. Go back. Uh, uh, I don't think that was very long ago, two or three weeks. We went through the whole process of how to get your own broker authority. Simple process, nothing to it. Uh, however, you can fill out the paperwork on your own, but we always recommend to our clients, spend a few hundred more. Have somebody else do it for you. You know, have there, there are agents all over. Matter of fact, I'll give them a plug. We recommend uh, getmyauthority.com to our clients. We're not associated with them whatsoever. Yeah, you know, this is not paid advertising. We have recommended our clients to getmyauthority.com for years. Never had anybody come back with uh, any complaints. And... Uh, they, they do a good job. You know, they keep you informed, tell you what's going on. Uh, paperwork and everything's filed in minutes after you, after you uh, submit the information and, you know, pay. And before you know it, you are getting all kinds of phone calls and junk mail and spam from everybody wanting to sell anybody anything in the transportation industry. <laughs> That's because your information goes public on the FMCSA from the FMCSA, so... People that have something to sell uh, that has to do with freight brokers or trucking, yeah, they're going to contact you. But keep that in mind. But Ruby, go to our website, tatoa.com. On the home page, you will find, you know, uh, how to become a freight broker. Watch that webinar. It's about 30, minute, uh, 30 minutes long. And that will go into detail with you about uh, all of that. So anyway. All right, CVSA released the results from an unannounced brake inspection enforcement effort. That's ahead of the upcoming brake safety week blitz. A couple of days ago, CVSA announced that a surprise brake safety day took place throughout the U.S., Mexico, and Canada back in May, May 26th to be exact. 
During the single-day effort, inspectors in Canada and Mexico, I didn't know they had inspectors in Mexico, uh, and the U.S. conducted uh, 10,091 inspections and placed 1,273 vehicles out of service for brake violations. Most of the inspections, 8,650 place, or six, 8,658 took place in the U.S. Uh, in Canada, officers conducted 946 inspections, and a total of 487 inspections were conducted in Mexico. The out-of-service rate for brake violations was 13.3% the U.S., 11.4% in Canada, 2.9% in Mexico. CVSA Brake Safety Week enforcement is taking place uh, coming up next month, August 22nd through 28th. Mark that on your calendar. They say brake hoses, tubing will also be the area of special emphasis during this year's Brake Safety Week. I worked for a trucking company one time, California. You're not a, they may have changed this, but when I was driving, a driver was not allowed to adjust their brakes. They had to take to a shop. You had to have a certified brake adjuster. Adjust the brakes for your equipment. The trucking company I work for, they 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 certified all their drivers. <laughs> yeah, we got a nice little certification card saying we are a certified brake and uh, adjuster. So that way we could adjust our brakes when we went into California. California is just different. I'm sure it still is. I had a, a buddy <clears throat> back in the day. He was driving for JB JB Hunt. And he had picked up a stack of flatbed trailers, you know, one where they're stacked on top of the other uh, for delivery. At a truck stop, somebody had turned one of the placards on uh, the flatbed, made a placard, you know, showed the placard. This guy got a ticket out in California for improperly placarded vehicle. And it was like a $1,500 ticket or something like that. That was back in the uh, 90s, mid-90s. And uh, he went to go back out to California again, and he did not pay that ticket. I don't know how they, I, I know he was fighting it in court, but I thought, how goofy. It's a flatbed. You know, yes, you know, they, they stack it on top of each other for transport. Yes, during the, he should have done a pre-trip, done a walk around, saw the placard, you know, where it had dropped and opened up or whatever it was, uh, and he should have shut it. Okay, granted. But on the other hand, it's a flat bed. There's nothing on it. The The flat bed was carrying an empty flat bed. But uh, hey, it is what it is. It's California. You know, California has always been a... Uh, I was up on Tehachapi one time, and there's one thing I always do, I think every driver did, with the paper logs. You stop in Kingman, well, if you're on I-40 going into California, you stop at Kingman... Make sure your logbook is correct and you get a truck wash there at the Blue Beacon. <laughs> you go in with a clean truck and you know your logbook is correct. Because the logbook ticket out in California was huge. You know, they didn't play around. And uh, I got pulled in up there at Tatchby. Guy went through my logbook. He says, man, it looks like you're 11 hours over or something. Or I was out of hours. I go, no, there's no way. Uh, come to find out what it was was uh, I had uh, made it, the four when it went through on the carbon paper it it didn't make that little hash connecting the two uh, parallel lines or two vertical lines whatever 
and uh, the the horizontal that connected the two did not come through on the carbon, so it looked like 11 hours, and uh, that would have put me over, but I wasn't over after he discovered that. He was a pretty nice guy about it, but yeah, he was salivating, man. He thought he was going to get uh, get to write a big ticket. <laughs> it is what it is, right? All right, what else we got going on? Anything? Well, things you might want to know. This comes under the uh, heading of uh, non-trucking related, but interesting to say the least. Uh, why? Oh, let me tell you about my boat. I got my boat. I picked up my new boat. Ah, uh, that'll be two weeks Friday. Got it. The other day I go out to the mail. I haven't had it two weeks yet and go out to the mail. I don't see it over there. And what do I find? A letter from Mercury Outboard. I got a Mercury uh, 150 on it and uh, saying that there's been a recall. I need to go back to my dealership. Yeah, I went and took it into the dealership yesterday. And uh, just one little part. Then it's taking 15 minutes to fix. But... Uh, they 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 couldn't understand my dealership couldn't understand why they were still they they weren't fixing these motors before they shipped them, you know because it's been going on for a while. It it, it is what it is. They don't fix them till they have to. Things you might want to know: Hawaii is now the last state left with a full mask mandate, but that could be changing. I know every day on the news here in Arkansas, we see how. Uh, Well, we see how the uh, COVID-19 cases are rising. I mean, it's almost like it was a year ago. I mean, the way they're really, you know, just freaking out about it. Not that it shouldn't be anything to, you know, you, you shouldn't worry about it. But panic, it's the media, man. It's like they're trying to panic the public again. I just get tired of that stuff. I'm sure you do, too. 18,000 is the number of cardboard beds. Cardboard beds. Japanese company Airweave is providing Olympic and Paralympic athletes. They claim they're sturdier than beds made of wool or wood and steel. Yeah, wool and <laughs> wood or steel. I don't know. I'd like to see one. I bet the, they don't last that long, though. What do you think? Now, this is kind of spooky. A supermarket owner is uh, saying that we could see food prices jump 14% by October. And to, to tell you the truth, well, let's see. Uh, let's see, 10 divided by 18. Yeah, 55%. I, I have a uh, meat market near my house, and every once in a while I'll splurge and I'll buy a ribeye. Used to be $10 a ribeye. You know, just nice cut of ribeye, 10 bucks. Stopped in there yesterday, $18.49 for the same piece of meat. That's 55% increase, folks. I don't know about 14. I hope he's right. Now, I hope it's just no more than 14. I saw, you know, I talked about this last week. I saw somewhere on the news where somebody was complaining because the prices weren't going up, but the quantity was getting smaller and smaller. I noticed that with coffee back uh, years ago, back during the... Uh, the Great Recession, as they call it. Taco Bell has apologized on its website for running out of certain items at their restaurants. They said because of a, here we go, national ingredient shortage and delivery delays, 
Must be because of the uh, driver shortage, huh? <laughs> some Taco Bell locations might be out of some options. I don't know. You know, I saw this too. You know, I talked about this before. How uh, Chick-fil-A, their special sauce shortage. You know, they're, they're, they're shortage on everything anymore. Aren't you sick of this? Pop-Tarts, best-selling item at Walmart before a hurricane. Want to know what flavor? What do you think? Uh, you probably thought it right when I said it. Strawberry. If you plan on drinking out of a water fountain anytime soon, keep this in mind. Over 100 people injure their eyes every year getting a drink out of a fountain. <laughs> All right, beating the heat in Keystone. Pennsylvania, many people are trying something new, trying to escape the extreme heat. They are among the first to experience the all-new Slide the Slopes, the world's largest inflatable slip-and-slide. It's a slip-and-slide tubing course. Tubing. <laughs> Features over one and a half miles of water slides on over 20 courses down one of the Lehigh Valley's largest mountains at Bear Creek Mountain Resort. Participants from uh, ages 4 and up will have unlimited access to the Slide the Slopes in two-hour increments, so you can play all you want to for 35 bucks. Two hours. Slide as much as you want. 35 bucks. Free parking. <laughs> I don't know. I had a slip and slide when I was a kid. The yellow thing you put out in the front yard, connect the water hose to it. You get a rain jump, slide on that puppy. Half the time you pull the skin off your chest. <laughs> I watch YouTube videos, people doing that. It still happens. Or they uh, they get slide they, they slide so much that it, it slides them right off into the grass or the dirt or the rocks or whatever they may be sliding on. All right, that's going to do it for this Wednesday's edition, July 21st of the FBTV podcast. Don't forget, uh, Christmas in July, 10% on the Freightbrook training package. Consulting and training package from Tautoa. That's the uh, fourteen ninety five one. You can save almost half hundred fifty bucks, ten percent. One forty nine ninety five, I think, is the savings. So, uh, but remember, don't register online. If you try to register online and pay the full amount, uh, you don't get a discount. Make sure you call four seven nine six six eight zero eight three eight to register. All right, go have a good Wednesday. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. We'll talk soon. Thank you.